Welcome to Royal Table Talk. Here is where we come together to break the silence about sexual, spiritual, emotional, financial, and physical abuse. Each week, we will deliver a candid conversation on how to step into your resilience, start living again, and push past the negative chatter that's been instilled by abuse. These dialogues are filled with strategies for eliminating past trauma that prevents you from embracing your freedom. I am LaToya Conway Hampton, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Royal Table Talk. I have to say it has been a while. I have taken a hiatus to spend a little bit of time to bring to you something amazing and special. So at the end of November, and stay tuned for the date, the launch date, my second book will be out. So the second book is called Embracing My Internal Freedom and Living Life After Abuse. How do you begin to embrace your internal freedom? I don't know about you guys, but the first piece that I talked about in that book was my spiritual freedom and embracing that. And I was raised in a family with um, my father didn't believe in God. My grandmother was a Christian woman and my mother did both things. So when she was with my dad, we didn't do church. When she was with my mother, we did my grandmother, we did church. And so for me, I learned to grow up with my grandmother's God. And what that meant, and I know I've probably shared this before, but I think it's really necessary as it being a catalog of my stories. I wanted to have my own relationship with God. And I wanted to be able to embrace that spiritual aspect of him how do i come to him i would watch these older mothers of the church you know when whenever they go up to the front of the church she would fall down and i'd be like oh she going down this sunday she going down this sunday every time they would go up and then i would feel that the pastor would when you get close and they pray for you like they were pushing them down and i was like i don't want to go up there because i want him pushing me down on the ground i i had no conscious understanding and 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 then i was thinking I don't want to get pushed down in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That didn't make sense to me. And that's because I was looking through my grandmother's lens of what God was and how to have a relationship with God, which I'm grateful that she instilled that in me. But as I moved forward, I noticed that um, as I started to having relationships and friendships, the first guy that um, we both became a parent of a child, his grandmother was very religious. Um, every Sunday he had to go to church. He was actually a church boy. He was an altar boy. He done all of these things at church. But what she also allowed me to realize is that I can have my own relationship with God. Um, and I didn't have to use my grandmother's relationship with God. But then at that point, I started using big mama's relationship with God. And so she would invite me to church. I want you to go to church. I want you to, um, you know, come up here, let everybody know who you are. Because at that time I was pregnant with his child. And I didn't really understand the relationship and I couldn't be free to embrace my spirituality because after church, he would go hang out with all of the gang members and get into some trouble and do some things that I felt like wasn't uh, things that people in church should do. So as I fast forward my life, so I have my big mama's God, I have my grandmother's God, and then I gave birth to my son prematurely with that baby that I was bearing in my stomach and I remember when the doctor came in and said um you know that the baby had passed 
And all I said was, God, give me the strength. And I laid in that bed for three days, you know, after he gave me the information as to what was going on with the baby and why the baby didn't make it out. Of course, I didn't want to hear that. Why he didn't live, which was 13 hours after his birth. I, I, I laid in that bed and I began to connect with God in my own way. And I started with the roots that my grandmother instilled. Like you have to talk to him the best way you can. You know, you always give thanks. You always pray for other people. These are the things that my grandmother gave me. And then some of the conversations that Big Mama taught me. The one thing that stood out the most to me is that God knew everything, right? So embracing that spirituality, I did right there in the hospital. And I asked God, just, just Lord, please, Lord, I, I beg you, I ask you, let me be okay. You know, I want to be okay because I had experienced so much the sexual abuse, the domestic violence. I had been gang raped. I had went through so much and then my baby died. So I had to latch on to the spirituality aspect of God, the God that I, I was learning to love, the God that I was learning to know, the God that I was learning to embrace. So that was my first experience with just me and God, not big mama, not my grandmother, just me and God. And I believe that at that point, um, he came through for me. And what I mean by that is I was able to keep my mind. So moving on, a couple years passed. And at that point, uh, another one of my kids' father got shot and killed. And um, again, I asked for, for God to give me the strength, you know, to make it through. Because after the first baby died, then his father got killed. And then I got pregnant again, and then his father got killed. So then I started to say, God, what's wrong with me? You know, is this something bad, something wrong with me? Why are you, God, allowing all of these things to happen to me? So I got to a place where I was mad at him. I got to a place where I didn't understand if he loved me and he was the God that Big Mama and my grandma said, then why am I going through all of these things in my life? It just don't make any sense at all. So I spent a couple years like really mad at the fact that, okay, God seemed to help at first, but then it was like too much negative, the sexual abuse, the domestic violence, all of these things started happening to me. And if God was there, like my grandmother said, and he knew everything, why is he allowing me to have the go through these things that I'm going through? So as, as I move forward, um, after my second kid's father got killed, I remember being in the hospital and he was laying on the bed wrapped in a, a bloody sheet and I stood over him and I say I said because they were killing a lot of people that week and I said God please keep me and my children safe from all of this stuff that's going on and I asked him if he will allow me to be um, safe that I would do everything I could do so I could be uh, connected to him that's all I knew is I needed to have a connection because that's what big mama told me. That's what my granny told me. Right. So with that being said, I started to, um, I heard an older lady answer the phone. Praise the Lord. I was at her house that day. And when she said, praise the Lord, it done something to me. I am 52. And if I answer my home phone, my personal phone, and I'm not thinking that it's work. I, first thing I say is praise the Lord. Right. Because I always want to praise the Lord. And I started to gradually embrace my relationship with God, not my grandmother's, not big mama's. And it looks different. And for me, what I had to do was 
I had to first thank him for allowing me to live because at this point I had been molested, gang raped, uh, children. My son had passed. I had two kids' father get killed in drive-bys. My mother was being abused all the time. God, why me? Why me? Why me? And then they told me, why not you? Right? So every single chance I got to go to church at this particular point in my life, I did. I went, I went to church. And the church was hard for me because I never really fit in. Because first and foremost, I couldn't read a spell. So all of the people who were um, reading, doing Bible study, I was interested in the word. I was interested in God. I was interested in all of that. But I was embarrassed to the fact that I couldn't read. I was embarrassed into the fact that I could not interpret the Bible to live that way and walk that way. And still at 52, I'm not a Bible thumper, but I will walk a straight line and do the right thing. That's what I know to be true. And that's how I feel I learned to embrace my internal spirituality. So as I move forward in my life, I have several incidents that cause me to say, God, grant me the serenity. God, grant me the serenity, which I learned in the rooms of recovery. I'm an alcoholic and an addict. And when I got sober, they, I was encouraged. It was a nudge by the judge, but I was encouraged to get my life on the right path. And in the rooms of Cocaine Anonymous, I realized that everything my grandmother told me, everything my big mama told me, everything that I've learned myself, it's just living life. It's, it's the way that you should be. You should be respectful, loving, caring. But it's all the biblical way. It was like a big triangle, right? Everywhere, everywhere I went, my life turned out to go right back to God. So <clears throat> after experiencing more trauma, of course, um, losing my children, being in an abusive relationship, I gave birth to my son. Um, his name was Reuben. And at this point, when I was giving birth to my son, um, I was not sober. And they drug tested me. And of course, I did the shysty thing. Um, they, they drug tested him. The first time they gave him to me, I took that diaper off and uh, in the little baggie and said it got messed up. And then the second time, I told him that it got poop all over. And then they never brought him back until they drug tested him because I knew he was dirty because I was dirty. And um, that day, I, I sat in the hospital, Whew. January the 2nd, 1998, like 10 o'clock in the morning. It was very cold here in Antelope Valley. And I remember looking out the window, and a social worker hit the room, and she said, um, we need to talk. We got a dirty drug test for your baby, and we need to check out some things. She said, and if things don't go as we need them to go, we will be detaining your baby here in the hospital. And at that point, my relationship with God got so strong. It got to a place where, I, I don't know, it, it, it was a connection. I was able to embrace it because yet again, I'm calling on him and calling on him and calling on him and calling on him. And what happened was they went out to my house. Everything at home was fine. And then she came to the hospital. She said, what I need you to do is to enroll in treatment. We're going to let you take the baby home because everything you need at the house was there. Everything the baby need was there. The house is clean. The house is decent. You can take the baby home. But you have an open case and we're going to watch it. I, at that point, before she showed up, I said, God, please help me with this baby. I don't want them to take my baby. So I opened up the Bible. I said, whatever page I opened this Bible up to, mm -hmm. 
I am going to name this for my son's middle name. So I opened up the book and the middle was Joshua. And my son is Reuben Joshua. And it talked about in the Bible how Joshua uh, tore down the walls of Jericho, right? And for me, he tore down my walls for my connection with God. He tore down those walls for recovery. And then he went back home to God because then he died um, when he was 12 years old. But that was my beginning of my real embracing my spirituality. At that point in time, I knew that there was a God. I knew that I needed to do the right thing. I knew that I needed to begin to talk to him, to live by him, to go around like-minded people. All of my phone calls was answered with praise the Lord. I started to have a conversation with every day. I started learning to read the Bible. I started to learn, and, and I started with the daily bread. There was a, 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 a little small book that they would give out that I could read. It wasn't intimidated. And you just read a couple passages for a day or a just for today. And so my spirituality is where my book starts off at because that's important to me. Embracing my spirituality allowed me to be able to embrace, embrace everything else that I needed to embrace within me. And I spent some years on the leadership team, well, in the training department for the church. I did some trainings and, you know, things like that. I also worked in the neighborhood impact houses, making sure that the community is linked and connected with their spirituality. I worked at a, a drug treatment program, to helping the women to tap into their spirituality. So I've always been on this pace of a, a humble servant right is is what i often say and so today i wanted to share with you guys the importance of embracing your internal spirituality what does that look like i don't know it may not be big mama's god it may not be mama's god daddy's god your husband's god your sister's god you have to find your own relationship with god do that mean you have to go to a church sometimes it does a lot of times it does right but not always I would say if you're starting to connect with your spirituality, go around like-minded people, people that, because that fellowship is necessary. When you can find a, one, a person that believe in the God that you believe in, that, that lives the way you live, that do the things that you do are the things that you desire to do, that's where you should surround the most of your time. And so for me, I feel like embracing my internal freedom was the most important thing that I've ever done. It allowed me to be the coach, the mentor, the mother, the wife, the sister, the aunt, the supervisor that I can be today because I embrace my internal freedom. My name is Latoya Conway Hampton. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to find out who, where, when, how you should connect with your spiritual being. Thank you.